0: Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit NorthMonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. It is Memorial Day weekend and it's a time that we, as that video just indicated, we remember those who gave their lives for us. And I say for us because that allows us to continue to have freedom in this country. And the one slide reminded me, you know, we, we, we remember those men and women who died. Man, some of those families are still grieving because they sacrificed. They lost a child, a brother, a sister, a dad, mom, whatever. And so today, I, uh, I want to talk about commitment because, hey, those men and women gave all. That's real commitment. And I want to talk about our commitment today and, 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 and what do we do with our commitment and so I want to go to Philippians chapter 3 if you want to join me there. I'm going to read verse 7 through 14, but there's just five more verses that I want to concentrate. But I want to read this whole thing to you and then give you a couple of things. And let's measure our commitment if we can today. But look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 says this, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Now remember, this is the Apostle Paul writing this. There wasn't a more godly, spiritual man in the New Testament than the Apostle Paul. And he just says, I count everything as lost for Christ. That talks about his commitment. I don't need my commitment compared to Christ. I'm afraid, or compared to Paul, I'm afraid I'd come up pretty short. But that's what he says to the church here at Philippi. Verse 8 More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. "...being conformed to his death, in order that I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained it, or I've already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, and I press on towards the goal for the prize." of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a man who is deeply, deeply committed to the things of Christ, which I think every one of us ought to be. You know, I, 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 don't, I listen to gospel music a lot in my truck, and Ivan Parker sang this song the other day, and I'd never heard it. I, I went back and YouTubed it, got the words. And I love what this song says. Still more sinner than saint... But I thank the Lord because who I am ain't who I was. Not great grammar, but it sure sings well. That's exactly where you and I should be. We have not arrived, but man, we're farther along than we were back then. That's one of the things I appreciate during these days of being here at North Row, and I've had the privilege to be here now 29 years and gone through a lot of different things, but... I got to tell you, the movement of the Lord on our church during these days has been awesome. One of the things I've enjoyed is uh, I haven't been on the women's retreat. They haven't asked me to come yet, and that's okay. But I've been on the men's, and I've watched the commitment that comes out of that weekend. And, you know, it's not just a flash in the pan. It's a lifetime of change. I've watched some of these guys, especially guys that grew up with my kids, and I've seen what Jesus Christ has done for them. There's a deep, deep level of commitment. And, you know, I think God's honoring that in the life of North Row. And I'm grateful for that. But, you know, those guys would tell you the same thing. More sinner than saint. But they ain't where they used to be. They're changing. So I want us to look. I am going to give you five things today. I didn't do the sermon notes like Pastor Bill does. You're lucky to get these slides. So just enjoy them while you got them. So you can jot it down on whatever, but five quick points. Let's let's talk about commitment. Look what Paul says in verse seven. He says, whatever things were gained to me, those I have counted as lost. Here's the point. What are you willing to count as lost for Christ? You look at the apostle Paul's life. He says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a top guy. Wasn't a more religious man before, uh, than Paul before he met Christ on the road to Damascus. That was gone. He was a Roman citizen. It didn't matter. Didn't matter a bit to him. He lost his friends. Those friends from before Christ, they weren't friends with him anymore. He lost all of that. But what does he say? Those things I kind of lost that were gained for me. That was important back then. It's not important now. So let me ask you, what do you count as loss for Christ? Some of you in this room are busy raising kids. What's the most important thing going on with your family? Is that more important than Christ? Your job, your career, where you're moving, up the ladder. What what do you count as loss for him? So let me ask you this question. What really is the priority in your life? Is it Jesus Christ? See, Paul said, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He had no regrets. He was living all for Christ. So he counted all for loss that he lost. He counted as gain for him because he had Christ. But look at verse 8. Here's the second point. More importantly, what are you unwilling to give up for Christ? What do you what are you unwilling to count as loss for Christ? Look at verse 8. I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. That's a great word, surpassing value. He said, Nothing compares to Christ. What do you count as important? What is in your life? You said, Lord, you can have all this, but this vice, this habit, this pleasure, this activity, this is mine. We you got everything else. That's not really full commitment, guys. We have some relatives in our family that uh, are really in Donna Claire's. I, I don't claim them. But anyways, we go to their house. It's a huge house. <clears throat> and on one end of this house is a huge study. When I mean huge, like a 1,000 square foot floor to ceiling, 12-foot ceilings full of all these fancy books and yada, da, da, da. I feel kind of bad going in that room, but I do every once in a while just to say hey to my relative, Donna's relatives. The other day we were there, and our great niece and our nephews, they call me Poppy. And they love to play hide-and-seek with Poppy in the house because it's big enough, I can hide, and they'll never find me. I said, okay, I'll count to 15, you go hide. Interesting, they headed straight to the study and they got these floor-to-ceiling curtains that cost probably more than all of my cars. And they're wrapped up behind these curtains hiding. You know what our first slot was? They called their grandfather, grandfather, kind of formal. I said, where's grandfather? Oh, he's not here, so we can come in here. Okay. I scared to death. But you know, some of you are the very same way. You got a room in your life that you're not going to give Christ. See, I have basically free run of the rest of the house. But I'm a little uncomfortable going that room because that's his room and I don't want to bother it. Some of you have those rooms in your lives. I'm not going to let Christ have this. But you, you, can, you can have everything else. What are you unwilling to count as loss for Christ? See, look at John 17, 3 says this. This is eternal life. And and let me remind you, John chapter 17, Christ is giving the Lord's Prayer. Now, not the Lord's Prayer that we were taught to pray, our Father which art in heaven, but this was His prayer. He was going to the cross the next day, and He's praying to the Father. Get Him ready. And look what He says in verse 3 of John chapter 17. This is eternal life that you may know That they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. You know, I can tell you that I know people. I know Joe Biden. I know Governor Edwards only because I see him on TV. I don't know them personally. They wouldn't have a clue who I am. You hear what I'm saying? And some of you are that way in this room. Oh, I know the Lord. Do you really know him? Are you holding back things that keeps that relationship from being fully his, to for him to fully know you? What things are you not willing to count as lost? George Mueller said this, giving is not measured by what you surrender to Christ, but what you withhold. Giving is not measured by what you surrender to Christ, but by what you withhold. And that's very true with commitment. (coughs) Excuse me. Commitment is not measured by what you surrender to Christ, but what you keep from him. Billy Graham said this, our checkbooks will precede us to heaven. You don't see what you're you're holding back for Christ? Look at your checkbook or your debit card nowadays. What are you not willing to give to Christ? And what you hold back from Christ really measures your commitment. But look at verse 12 now. Skip down to verse 12. How long has it been since you've measured your growth in Christ? (coughs) Excuse me. Look at verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may uh, may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. Not that I've obtained it. (coughs) Excuse me. Paul understood. He hadn't got there, but he's measured himself. How many of you in your house... Have a doorframe that you measure the growth of your kids. We used to do that with ours. Why? Because we wanted to see how much they've grown. We wanted to measure their growth. So let me ask you have you measured your growth in Christ Jesus to see? And let me say this if you were doing better with Christ two years ago than you are today, you got a problem with your commitment. There shouldn't be a better day in your walk with Christ than today. If you're not satisfied with Christ and giving them all, you need to get that way. And see, Paul, all that he attained, even after Christ, he's in his missionary journeys around the country, around the world there, the world of that time. He's starting churches in Ephesus and Philippi and Corinth, and he's going to these churches and he's sharing with them. He was seeing converts. Just unbelievable numbers, and yet he still measured himself that he wasn't there yet. Because what did he say in verse twelve, "Not that I've already obtained it or I've already become perfect." We will not become perfect till we get to heaven. But Paul, he was still willing to keep growing. Second Peter three eighteen says this: "But grow in the grace and the knowledge." of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, how are you doing in your growth? Are you growing in the knowledge of Christ? Are you becoming more knowledgeable about Christ? I'm not a great fisherman. I like to fish. And I've had the privilege to fish some saltwater fishing in South Louisiana, down in the marshes. I love to do that. And uh, I go with a friend of mine. Neither one of us that good, but we're learning. So what did I do? I ordered me a saltwater fishing magazine so I could learn things. I'm wanting to learn how to be a better fisherman. So let me ask you this, guys. How many of you are in God's word every day so that you can have a better knowledge of him? Because our command, according to 2 Peter chapter 3, is to grow in his grace and in his knowledge. So how are you measuring up? Are you doing the things of Christ? And you know, when he says that I may lay hold of, it means to take it as a possession. Man, you ought to be grabbing Christ more than anything else that you grab. Fourth thing, look at verse uh, 13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Let me ask you this. Are you harboring any grudges that would hinder your service to Christ? Think about that for a minute. Are you harboring any grudges that would hinder your service to Christ? See, if there was ever a man that could have some grudges, it was the Apostle Paul. I mean, he'd been shipwrecked. He could have said, Lord, why did you put me in this storm? Why did you put me on this island? Why did you do that? No. He's beaten. He's imprisoned, prison. And never once did he look back and, and, and harbor bad feelings about them. He could have been mad at the Jews who kicked him out of the synagogue. No, not Paul. When Paul was in prison with Silas, what was he doing? At midnight, they were singing and praying. He was confident where God had put him. He forgot the things that were behind him. And some of you in this room have been through some tough experiences. I get it. Some of you have been hurt by people. Let me be honest with you. 29 years here, I've done my fair share of hurting. And you've been so forgiving and thank you. But forgetting those things which lie behind. Let me let me take you over to, to Genesis 45 for just a second. I didn't put it on the slides. You're lucky what you got so far. But... It's a great story. Joseph. Go back and read the story of Joseph's life. Joseph is a man that was sold into slavery. And he ended up in Egypt. And in those years he was in Egypt, he ended up in prison but he finally got out and he became number two to Pharaoh. God had a plan. And Joseph's brothers went back to their homeland, and suddenly the drought came. And nobody had food to eat except Egypt, because God had blessed Joseph. And there were seven years of drought, and Joseph, through God's wisdom, had devised this plan with Pharaoh to kind of storehouse everything so that when the drought came, Egypt would have food. Here comes Joseph's brothers. They don't recognize him he recognizes them. He should have cut their heads off, except that wasn't a very spiritual thing to do. He loved them. Because look at Genesis 45, if you want to turn there, verse 4, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, they didn't know who he was at this up to this point, Please come closer to me. And they came closer, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Can you imagine what those guys felt like? What is he fixing to do to us? And look what Joseph says. Now, verse five, do not be grieved or angry with yourself because you sold me here. Listen to this next word. For God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me. Verse six, for the phantom has been in the land these two years. There are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Verse seven, God sent me before you to prepare for you, preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God sent me. Let me tell you something. All the bad things that happened in your life, the grudges you may hold against somebody, have you ever thought that maybe God was working through that to develop you into the person he wants you to be? Donna Claire and I were watching the show last night. I don't remember what we were watching. We were talking about it. And I said, you know, isn't it interesting how God works in our lives? Back a few years ago, I used to ride two wheels on a motorcycle. And uh, uh, Pastor Bill and I and and Greg Sr. and and Clarence, we'd ride all around. And I told her, I said, you know, I was coming through Oak Oak Ridge one day, and the squirrel ran between the front tire of my motorcycle, and the back tire. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but a squirrel in the spokes of a motorcycle can cause a problem for a guy, okay? It was sovereignty that God didn't let that squirrel jump jump out at the wrong time. Sometime later, we were up in Arkansas riding, and for some reason, I'll never forget it, I slowed down, and a deer came right across the front of my motorcycle. didn't hit me. What if I just kept going? But what's interesting, a couple years later, I'm in Colorado, And my own fault, I reckon, break my neck and we have the big one, you know. But you know, through all that, God was still working. And if you're holding grudges or you're mad at God because you're not where you want to be or you, you can't let go of the past, if anybody had a right to be having a grudge, it was Joseph. And his attitude was what? God sent me here. God did this for me. So here's Paul, verse 13, back to that. I do not regard, uh, excuse me. Let me get back to my right verse. Yeah. I do not regard if I haven't laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, the one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind, and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. Guys, we got to get over our past. To be able to have a future with Jesus. That's our commitment. And Paul knew that. And man, Paul did it. If a man can have grudges, it was Paul, but he wasn't going to do it. One more thing. I just ask you this honestly. Are you ready to meet Christ? You want to talk about commitment? Are you ready to meet Christ? The older I get, the more friends I bury. Not always easy to do, but it just reminds me of my responsibility to be ready to meet Christ. If you're not ready to meet Christ, maybe your commitment's not where it needs to be. Look what Paul said in verse 14. He said, I press on towards a goal for the prize of the upward calling of God. Man, Paul was pressing on. For the upward call of the prize. And the prize, let me make sure you understand this. The prize is not salvation. Salvation is the gift. It's a free gift. Not earned or deserved. But it's a free gift. The prize is to be able to spend eternity with God. And Paul was ready. He struggled with that. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I mean, he'd rather be at home with Christ, but he... Couldn't bear the thought of leaving these young believers behind that he was trying to influence. So let me ask you, are you ready to meet Christ? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? And I use two words there, Lord and Savior. Many people are willing to make him as their Savior, but they don't want to make him Lord, which means he's my boss. He's got control of everything in my life. And let me tell you, If you're like me, I got struggles in my life still. I you can ask my family, I'm not always easy to live with. I still struggle. But like Paul, I press on. I don't give up. I keep moving on. And that press on means I follow after. Who's got your heart today, guys? You got a savior? Let me ask you, do you have a Lord? Are you following Him? You know, when I went to college uh, for a couple of years, I went to school up north, Wheaton College. And some of you old timers might remember the five missionary guys that went into South America and they were martyred there on the sand where they landed a plane. Nate Saint, Pete Fleming and Jim Elliott, the most well known. And I had the privilege to go to school with Nate Saint's son and with Jim Elliott's daughter, Valerie. And out of that experience, I met Elizabeth Elliott. Elliot. Some of you have read her books. She's gone home to be with the Lord now. But I'll never forget Valerie, She was just a baby when her daddy was killed. And the most amazing thing was her mother said, we're going back to where your dad was killed to share the gospel with those men. I'm not sure I could do that, to go share Jesus with somebody who killed my spouse. Commitment. And what was interesting, Valerie would tell us, he said, you know, my mom led the man that killed my dad, the Christ. Amazing. But you know why Elizabeth Elliott had that commitment? Because of these words that her husband wrote. Jim Elliott wrote these words before he died. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Read that. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me tell you, the things that we count so important in this world, it's all going to burn up, guys. It will not last for eternity. But the things of God will last forever. What are you invested in? What is your commitment? What's your level of commitment? Maybe today, for some of you in this room, you've never asked Christ in your life. That's the first step. And then a lot of you, just like I am, you're still walking, you're still pressing, you're still moving on. But maybe there's an area in your life that you said, this is off limits, Lord. Today's the day that you need to give that to the Lord. Count it all but lost. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to give you a second response, and I'm going to pray for us. And then I'll dismiss this. But just in the quietness of this moment, you just talk to the Lord. Tell Him what's on your mind for about 15, 20 seconds, and then I'll close this in prayer if I could. Father, you know the hearts of each one of us in this room. Man, you know our shortcomings. You know the things that draw us away from you, and you know the things that draw us to you. But Father, I thank you that you're forgiving, you're loving, and you're accepting of us. And for each one of us in this room and those who are watching by internet, Father, my prayer is that we would make our commitment to you deeper than it's ever been. You've blessed us as a church. You've blessed many of us as individuals. May we be your people in a world that so desperately needs to see Jesus Christ. Father, for those who need help today, I pray they'd have courage just to come see us and visit. Help us walk them through it. Thank you for loving us, Father. For it's in your name that I do pray. Amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make Him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.